Welcome back, everybody. It's the Betting Pros College Football Show. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined, as always, by Thor Nystrom. Follow him on the Twitter at ThorKU. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Thor. We uh, This show should be coming out on Thanksgiving. So uh, happy Turkey Day to you and your family and everyone listening. Uh, it's going to be a fun week, man. A lot of good rivalry games. Lots of good ones, right? Sure is. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. I appreciate everyone that listens. We're thankful for you. And yeah, we, we got a, we got a great weekend of, of college football. ahead. the last, I, I can't believe that we're already to the last week of the last regular season. It's the regular season. It's, last it's such a wild slate. ride. And it's just done like that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to savor this. I, I'll tell you that. Um, and I always appreciate on the last week on the Thanksgiving week where they spread it over the two days. Cause there's yeah. my, the only issue with college football is there's so many games and they're, most of them are on Saturday. <laughs> you can't watch them all, but you spread them over two days. It becomes a little easier. You know, when you have the multiple screens, you can knock more out. So happy about that. And excited to talk about some of these games. Yeah. There's uh this is a great week for uh, rivalries and a great week for, uh, you know, teams depend, uh, finding out their uh, bowl eligibility and that, all that kind of stuff. So I want to start out with just a, in general betting question here, Thor, and uh, we're going to change the format of this show a little bit as well. We're going to talk rivalry games and we're going to talk top five games, and then we'll go to a game or two that Thor uh, has a big edge on. But um, th- for this week and maybe for the bold teams too, is there any type of motivational rule that you follow where like, Hey, I'll bet on a team if it's a rivalry game, but if it's not a rivalry game or not a well-known rivalry game and both teams are out of contention or, um, you know, one team is in contention, the other isn't, uh, you know, whatever the rule may be. Do you have an in general rule for betting in this week? Is there like I'm not taking teams with nothing on the line? Um, I'm not taking any lame duck coach stuff, you know, like I won't bet on ASU, you know, anything like anything weird that you have for this week or moving forward. I'm definitely not betting on ASU this week, but it's, uh, <laughs> as far as uh, like, I don't, it's not a rule of thumb, like, but it's, it's um, motivation is, is, is an angle that you factor in, in your handicaps for sure. The, I, on all the games, the last week of the, of the regular season and all the bowl games. And the, you know, th- there's a few even in, in week 12, but in particular, the, the motivation thing, it's, it's that last weekend of, of the regular season. And then, in the bowl games. And there's some games where there's not a discrepancy in motivation. You know, I mean, you know, a a large handful of them, but then there's, there's also a decent sized handful this week where you have a motivation discrepancy and there's like four or five of them where there is a enormous motivation discrepancy and you have to bake that in. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's relevant data to the handicap. So yeah, it's, it's absolutely something that, that is important, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just interesting because, you know, we're going to start seeing a lot of players leave to go get ready for the NFL draft. Uh, so that will adjust lines. What about betting on bowl games? Cause we're going to get into bowl season here pretty quick. Um, do you wait to see what the deal with the players is or, or, are there some lines that you want to jump on early in terms of bowl season? How do you handle that? Um, it's I, I I do make a lot of bets early on, um, and that's just sort of um, you're playing pop psychologist against the market as well. Yeah. And then and then and then you're projecting the guys that are going to leave, right? So like you know based on the opening number, I, I'm basically gauging where I think that thing is going to end 
based on who I think is going to opt out. And if I think that number is, is way off from where I think that number is going to end, I, I don't even need to do the handicap. As long as I know that, that I'm going to, on the other side of it, have, you know, four or five points of line value. If I feel really strong about that conviction, I'll, I'll, I'll bet on whatever side that is. I don't care. And then if I get into the handicap and I don't end up liking that side, I'll just buy out on the other side and hopefully in, in a way where it gives me a middle opportunity. But yeah, I mean, like I, I bet the ball games early just, to, you know, get that, get the line value. Yeah, I understand that. Well, let's get into some of these games for this final regular week, regular season week of the year. And so many rivalry games. There's just so much fun. That's why I decided to, instead of doing the cash, not a lot of uh, bets being made early this week anyway because of the holiday, a lot of people traveling. So there weren't uh, a lot of available numbers in terms of percentages on every single game here. Uh, so I just decided, let's go with rivalry week. Is there a game that that you just love the name of? I mean, I think Georgia, Georgia Tech is my favorite. The clean, old-fashioned hate uh, is what <laughs> they call Georgia, Georgia Tech. Is there uh, a name of uh, any named game that you find stands out above the rest just because you like the name? There used to be. And then the PC overlord started changing all of them. Oh, uh, you know, no started, wars, no civil yeah, wars, no battle line wars, the, no yeah. shootouts. Yeah. Any, any, any illusion. Our, our poor ears could not take anymore. So like they, they, you know, th- those things went down. I, I will say though, on the very opposite end of the spectrum, I've always appreciated the apple cup, the simplicity yeah. of the apple cup, but yeah, I, I appreciate good Washington apple. So, um, and I, I do have an angle on that game. So we got the apple cup. We got the egg bowl, which is on uh Thursday today. As you're listening to this, uh, if you are listening to this on Thursday, uh, number 20, Ole miss, uh, is a two point favorite against Mississippi state. The total is 61. We've got the sunflower showdown, the apple cup, the Florida cup, the Palmetto bowl, we have the Civil War, which isn't called that anymore. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State has the Land Grant Trophy. The Rumble in the Rockies is Utah versus Colorado. War on I-4 for UCF versus South Florida. Battle for Nevada for UNLV and Nevada. Battle line rivalry between Arkansas and Missouri. The duel in the desert between ASU and U of A. Uh, and other games that are big rivals. UNC, NC State, UCLA, Cal, Tennessee, Vandy. Uh, those games don't even have names, but they're enormous rivalry games. Uh, and of course, we will talk about in the top five, the Iron Bowl here, Thor. But any of these rivalry games, you said you have a, a lean in the Apple Cup. What about the Egg Bowl? You got anything in the Egg Bowl? Yeah, let's start with the Egg Bowl and then we'll, we'll go to the Apple Cup. We'll do it in chronological. In the uh, the Thursday game, my, my lean on that one is is Mississippi State. Um, I, I, I There's a couple different things going on there where... Number one, uh, Ole Miss is sort of limping to the finish line here. Earlier this season, we had higher hopes for them, and, and they were playing better. But uh, last week, obviously, they they had uh, <laughs> really poor performance against against Arkansas. And um, you, I, I think some of this has to do with the, the rumors swirling around Lane Kiffin. And I think Lane Kiffin is giving you an indication of that, that that's affecting his team's performance by how aggressively he is trying to combat that narrative before this game. <laughs> I, I don't know how you effective. think he's going to Auburn. Um, man, it's it, it's I so don't. hard to say. I it it's it, it, like Feldman came out and said seventy five percent chance, and you've seen wow. some like some other folks report it. I I definitely do not think it's a hundred percent. Like I, I yeah. definitely still think it's up in the air. 
Um, and I do. I mean, if there's someone that likes to change her mind late, it's Lane Kiffin. But you know, and uh, and, and I'm, I'm sure what's <laughs> happened is through back channels. Like I'm just going to do reckless speculation. I'm I'm sure through back channels, uh, <laughs> Lane Kiffin has been told the amount that Auburn would give him, and and he's probably just thinking about it. Like I'm not going to answer you before the end of the regular season, and so right. then he can have the moral high ground with these reporters and be like, "You idiot!" There's you know, like yada yada. Um, but I just don't think any decision, like literally, I don't think he's made a decision. He's a capricious person anyway. I do think he's in a very good situation uh, in Oxford, and it's a place that fits him really well. And I think that he is going to factor that in. But I, I don't even think he's begun to start thinking about that, even though assuredly there there has been overtures made. But I, I do think that some of that stuff has affected the team's performance. Also, the the inability to get the passing game going all season has clearly hurt the team. And then, of course, they they have some defensive holes. Ole Miss is 116th in the nation in pass completion rate allowed and number 88 in pass defense success rate. Bogman, I think you know why that's mm-hmm. an issue in this matchup against Mike because Leach's air rate. Only passes, air rate, air rate. God, I can't stand Leach. I, I do not like him. So I'll be uh, rooting I, for Ole Miss, but I actually uh, like I, I, I it. I like both these guys. They have, op- you know, I shouldn't say opposite. But they have, they have different personalities, different. but yeah, I, 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 I enjoy both of them. But the, the other thing I was going to say is uh, the other angle I have on this game, a, a lean for me is the over because um, Mississippi State is going to throw all over Ole Miss. That's just going to happen. Ole Miss will not be able to prevent Mississippi State from completing their passes. It's the only way to take down. Like you can take down Mississippi State's offense, but you have to you have to prevent the quick hitting shots because they get the ball out immediately. And if they're completing the passes, they're going to move the chains and and yada yada yada. But on the other side, uh, Mississippi State's defensive strength it's their pass defense, which Lane Kiffin would prefer to stay away from anyway because of Jackson Dart. So you're going to see them leaning uh, Ole Miss leaning even more heavily into their their running attack, which has obviously been very good this year. Mississippi State's run defense not nearly as good. Um, it's mediocre or worse. 63rd uh, rushing uh, success rate, 116th in uh, against rushing explosiveness. So I think you're going to see Judkins rip off a couple of long ones here as well. Um, because of the stuff swirling and because Ole Miss can't stop Mississippi State's uh, pass attack, I'm going to I'm going to take the the couple points that I'm getting on the underdog. And I'm also going to going to go with the over. And really, the, the play here for me, it's th- this is the thing that I'm actually on is parlaying the Mississippi state money line with the, um, the over. Cause then you can, you can juice it up a little bit just for fun on, on Thanksgiving. I, I, I love it. I love it. How about you said the apple cup, what do you got for the apple cup? The, the apple cup. I, I like Washington state in that one, um, Washington, it's, th- they become one of the, the better passing teams in the entire nation. They're certainly one of the most pass happy. And in terms of passing efficiency, they're top three in the nation. You can take the the pole out of the middle of their circus tent if you can. We, we were just talking about the completions with Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Washington. If you can prevent them from completing those passes or hinder it in any way, because like you know, in a lot of these games, Penix is you know they're completing dang near seventy percent of the passes, and once they get the ball into those athletes in space, now you're in trouble. Teams that can prevent them from doing that, they they can take the whole thing down. Well, that's what Washington Washington State could do. Uh, Washington has faced very few legitimate defenses all season. The best one they face, I think it was Oregon state. Um, but they, they, they just, they have not faced many Washington state is going to be by far the best one that they face all year. Wazoo's defense ranks number 12, uh, SP plus the only other top 40, uh, defense that, that, uh, Washington has played all year. Like I said, was Oregon state 
Washington was held to 24 points in that game. I think you're going to see something similar here. And then on the other side, Washington's offense is not explosive, but it is efficient. And Washington's defense has gotten, you can nick them all day long. And so Washington state is going to be on schedule the entire time. I don't see how Washington is going to force Wazoo to punt in this game. This just seems like a really good opportunity to take the points on a live home dog. I, I love it. There's, um, I mean, some of the, I love these sunflower showdown. You got anything for, uh, any of these other rivalry games? Let's do one or two more that, uh, you have a lean on, uh, and then we'll get to the top five here. Yeah. Um, I, I got to stay away from the old sunflower showdown. My, 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 <laughs> My, my, my rock chalk team, I will probably be on them in bowl season. I mean, like I can't say for sure because it, it will depend on the matchup, but it, in bowl season, you know, assuming that it's not just a nightmare matchup, I, I'm probably going to be on Kansas. Um, but the, what they wanted to do is to get as long their, they don't have to face Bijan again, right, Thor? Well, <laughs> oh, man. We, we, hey, we, we were doing I, such I'm feeling good. good. So then you yeah. had, uh, you I'm had feeling to, good. Yeah. You guys beat us last year. I'm so, I, I was, that, I was that is true. That Bichon. is true. Man, so, yeah, B- yeah. Bijan, that was, yeah, what a, what a, what a bounce back performance from him, and yeah, he just absolutely stampeded Kansas. Um, that to, it'd be Kansas State or nothing for me in that one. I'm de- I would not be back in Kansas, but the um, actual place for me in in that that Florida one, I love Florida State in that game against yeah. Florida. We have here one of the biggest on field mismatches in in on the entire card this week of Florida's rushing offense which is utterly elite uh, top five in the nation. You know, I mean, objectively against one of the worst run defenses in, in all the nation, not in the power five in all the nation, anybody can run on Florida Bogman. You and me could run. We, we could run option <laughs> concepts against the Florida run defense and we would gain yards. Florida state is going to stampede Florida on the ground that like 300 yards is in play. 400 yards might even be in play. Uh, Florida can do nothing to stop Florida State's uh, uh, offense. And then on the other side, Florida has this really wonky offense where it's not efficient at all. You can force them into into three and outs quite a bit where they get their points. It's with the explosive thing, right? The the explosive plays, whether it's the explosive run or or the explosive pass with, with Richardson, whatever. Florida State's defense, it will give you the short gains. They'll allow you to nick them with paper cuts. They do not give up explosive plays. I think Florida State's defense is in the top five in the nation of taking away the explosive plays. This is a terrible matchup for Florida. And Florida's coming off that loss to Vanderbilt that they know showed. I, I, I suppose if you want to give them credit, you say they were looking ahead to this game. Um, but Florida, <laughs> Florida State has been one of the hottest teams in the nation. They've won four straight games. They've absolutely blown out all four of those teams. They, they won by 20-plus every time. And each of those four teams had at least five wins. They were all between five and six, I think. So it wasn't like, you know, Patsy is super duper Patsy's or like FCS teams or whatever. F- Florida state's on a real heater. I, I think they're absolutely going to smoke Florida on Saturday. Yeah. You know, a couple teams will look good this year. Uh, the Longhorns at times, uh, Florida state and uh, you know, uh, LSU Auburn may be creeping into that uh, as well. Yeah. with Cadillac uh, Cadillac yes. has uh, uh, given them a little bit of extra life. All right, Thor. One well, more well, rivalry. Well, wait, Bogman. If, if we're, we're talking, I'm riding Cadillac again this week. Well, that, let's let's wait because that's okay, in the top okay. five. The okay. Iron Bowl's oh, in the man, top I got, five. I got excited. So, I want. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. We'll do that one first when we get to the rivalry okay, games. Okay. But but let's do uh, one more uh, or the top five games. Let's yeah. do one more rivalry game that you have a lean on. Uh, pick anything from that list. It's a giant list there, uh, and then we'll go to the top five here. 
the uh, another one I that that I like I I like Missouri this week. Um, I, as a Kansas grad, I I so rarely put my money behind uh, <laughs> Missouri, but I, I I can't help myself this week against Arkansas. This is a really good spot for Missouri, and it is a really bad spot for Arkansas. Arkansas they they picked themselves up off the mat last week in emphatic fashion. I mean, KJ Jefferson was back in full force, and then they they just absolutely whipped Ole Miss. That got Arkansas to six wins. So, so they punched their ticket into the bowl season. Well, Missouri now – Missouri's had five wins. They need this game to go bowling. It, 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 it's a very simple thing for Missouri, win and you're in. And I think Missouri matches up decently well here in a, in a couple different ways. Missouri's defensive front is, is always good, and it's really, really good this year. I, I think that they're going to be able to uh, combat K.J. Jefferson, um, take away his, his rushing utility – and put heat on him in the pocket. And then when you flip the field, Missouri, their, their offense is definitely not nearly as good as their defense. They, they're a run first offense. And then they do the, like the quick hitting passing game. And then they try to get the yak yardage with their, their pr- pretty good receiving core, like Luther bird and the five star and, 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 and those guys, that's stuff that, that Arkansas is not good at defending Arkansas's run defense is an absolute abomination. It's not quite as bad as Florida's, but it is pretty dang close. And so I don't think they can keep Missouri off of schedule. Um, Cause again, Missouri leans decidedly run heavy. And then the other thing Missouri does, it's that quick hitting passing game. It's either the, the sideline and the sideline stuff, or it's the stuff across the middle, the, the streaks, the, 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 um, the crossers and stuff like that. And, and then they force you to tackle you. I thought Arkansas secondary was going to be better coming into the year, but they have, they've had injuries. They've had suspensions. They've had continuity issues, whatever. Um, I, I also think the Missouri passing game is going to do a little bit better against that Arkansas secondary that maybe people think heading in. So for, for, for me, this is Missouri um, much as it pains me to say, I think they're going to upset Arkansas <laughs> on Saturday or on Friday. Uh, I'm sorry. That's a Friday. Uh, one. Let's go to uh, let's go to the top five games of the week. And, you know, I mean, this is kind of, relative of course but uh let's start with the iron ball we'll start at the bottom and move our way up thor uh, number seven alabama as a 22 point home favorite against auburn 49 is the total in that game so you said you're riding with uh war eagle over here auburn and getting 22 points i think could be the smart play so uh tell us why they are going to cover Man, I love Cadillac Williams. I, I've, I've made a, a, a nice chunk of change on Auburn ever since Cadillac took over. It, it has been a total 180 for that that program, or that I guess this team specifically this year after they fired Brian Harson. Since Cadillac has been the coach, it's been three games. They've they've won two of them outright as underdogs, um, and and co- you know c- covered two of them as well. Um, and and I'm riding on them again. Um, I, I was on them in, in in both those against the spread wins. Um, the um uh um oh i'm sorry I, I i misstated it auburn has covered all three games they've won two of them outright okay, is, gotcha. is, is, yeah um but but they've they, they've been on on a serious heater and and so th- and they have all the motivation in the world very similarly to missouri where auburn is five and six they've rallied up to get up to five and six so auburn i mean for them you win this game what an improbable run that would be into bowl season Obviously, Auburn is a is a big favorite. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, is a, is a big underdog here. But Alabama can be had. We, we have seen that this year. This team has holes that the past Alabama teams do not have. 
Um, and, and, and I think that Auburn could do a couple of things here that are going to give Alabama trouble. Number one, uh, Auburn's defense, it's one of those top heavy or one of those uh, defenses where they have the, the very specific strength and very specific weakness um, for, for Auburn. They have the awesome pass defense that that is their trump card. Um, they're going to, and, and, and Alabama's receivers have been just awful this year. Um, Bryce Young, it, this is going to be one of those days for Bryce Young where he's like constantly looking over at the sideline. He's got his frustrated Bryce Young face on. The receivers are never going to get separation. And when he, he's trying to chuck it in there, there's going to be so many contested catch situations. Alabama's receivers, even wide open, have had the ball clanging off their hands all season. So I like Alabama is not going to be super viable through the air where you can attack Auburn's defense. It's on the ground. So Jameer Gibbs, who missed last week with an injury, um, he's, it sounds like he's going to be back. That's what Nick Saban is saying. Um, assuming that he is 100% go, he should have a big game here against that, that bad Auburn defense. But Alabama's offense is going to be decidedly sort of one-handed and skewing in the direction of the run, um, which is, of course, going to affect their, their overall scoring, I think. And then on the, the other side, Alabama's pass defense has been way better than their run defense this year. You, anybody can run on Alabama. Um, you know, they're sort of middle of the pack in terms of the nation in, in their run defense. Well, Auburn can throw, right. Yeah. But like with, you know, Robbie Ashford, the, the, the young kid that they got uh, starting a quarterback um, just super raw as a, as a thrower. And I don't know if he's ever going to get there, but he is super athletic. And then you add him to the, the coterie of backs that they have that that team can at least grind it out on the ground. And they're going to want to do that anyway here and slow things down a little bit. Cause you want to give your defense breaks, you know, before they got to go back out um, and, and take on that Alabama offense. So um, between all these different things, between the motivation on, on the Auburn side and the lack of it on the Alabama side, the two loss Alabama team, Alabama has already been eliminated from the sec title game. They've already for all intents and purposes been eliminated from the college football playoff. This may be Bryce Young's last game we'll, we'll end up seeing, but I, I don't think, I, I don't think that it's going to go super well for Bryce Young. I mean, like, obviously they're again, obviously they're favored, but the, the passing matchup for Alabama it's not ideal here. Um, and I do think that Auburn is going to put a little bit of a scare into into Alabama. I think so too. This game usually this is uh, the definition of throughout the records, throughout the statistics, all that stuff. The Iron Bowl has always been that. So yep. I'm absolutely with you there. Uh, how about number six USC by five and a half at home against number fifteen Notre Dame. 64 and a half is the over on that one, which looks like hammer the under uh, to me, but USC scores and can't play defense. And if you think they're going to control this game, which the uh, spread says, so then maybe the under is in play. How do you see this one going? I'm all over Notre Dame here. Um, I, I tried to fade USC last week with UCLA plus three, and we came up the half point short and, UCLA had the the game winning drive that wasn't when when Dorian Thompson Robinson threw that interception, but but I mean UCLA took you know USC as far as they could go in that one, and now USC has to turn around the next week and they have to play a good opponent who plays the diametrically opposite way that UCLA does. And by the way, Notre Dame matches up I think way better with USC than UCLA does. UCLA is, they're closer to USC, right? It's that phylum of, of the finesse teams with the spread, whatnot. Whereas Notre Dame, they're going back to the Big Ten thing. Like they're, they're more of the, the Big Ten team. They're the downhill running team that then forces the usage into the, the stud tight end. Um, but I, I, I think it's a, it's a tough scenario for, for USC on, on the one side. 
against an opponent that they have sort of struggled when they have played similar opponents to them this year. When Notre Dame, or I'm sorry, when USC played Oregon State and Utah, which I think are the two most analogous opponents that they yeah. have had for, for Notre Dame this year, struggled against both of them, but in different ways. Oregon State totally took USC out of what, it, what they wanted to do on offense in that game. The, uh, USC only scored 17 points. They did sneak out 117 to 14, but they did not cover and they got a real scare in that one. Caleb Williams went 16 for 36, one touchdown, season low 180 yards. He was held to. Um, in that game, the, the reason that USC won, they got bailed out by Travis Dye, 133 rushing yards. Obviously, Travis Dye is now out for the season yeah. with a knee injury. Then in the Utah game, they, um, USC got a next level performance from Caleb Williams, which they, they needed to even stay in that game, but the defense just got absolutely shredded. They turned the, the USC defense for one evening turned Cam rising and Dalton Kincaid, the, the tight end for Utah. They, they, they turned up into Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey rising had 475 yards of total offense and five touchdowns in that game. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end. And this is important. So remember this Dalton Kincaid goes, 16 catches, 234 yards, and one touchdown. And Dalton Kincaid, by the way, it started the season as, as the tight end two on Utah. Recall last week that USC gave up three receiving touchdowns to UCLA's tight end. Recall earlier this season when USC gave up five receptions to Stanford's tight end and yada, 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 on and on. Do you see where I'm they going with this, the middle of the field, yeah. And, and, and when, Michael Mayer. Yeah. When Michael Mayer is coming to town, that is very problematic. Yeah. If, if you're giving up 250 friggin' receiving yards to Utah's T2, yeah, if you're making Kincaid look like Travis Kelsey, uh, exactly, then, you know, uh, mayor is going to look like Randy Moss over the middle. It's ridiculous. The, the, the other enormous issue with with the USC defense, in, in addition to that, it's 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 the run game, right? Like, I mean, like, and they get you can bully them off the line of scrimmage. That's all Notre Dame wants to do. It's those two things. And the USC's defense has been bailed out all season by this unsustainable amount of turnovers. We keep saying that and they keep getting them anyway, like even against UCLA, you know, whatever. But Notre Dame, I, I think they're tied for 28th in the nation in terms of fewest uh, turnovers, you know, that, that, that their offense has, has, has coughed up or whatever. Notre Dame takes care of the ball. They're not looking to make any, I mean, they're not throwing downfield. They're not being lasaze fair with the whole thing. It's just the bully ball thing, run and run and run. And then we're going to throw the ball to Michael Mayer. USC is going to have issues with both of those things and they're not going to turn uh, Notre Dame over and they probably are not going to have the same effort coming off the UCLA game as they did in the UCLA game. So for all these different reasons, I I, I like Notre Dame in that one. Uh, what about uh, the next two games? Same spread here, same line as well. Number four TCU by 10 against Iowa State. 47 and a half is a total there. And then LSU by 10 at Texas A&M, 47 and a half, the total there too. Do you have a uh, lean in either one of those games? Those ones were, were tough for me because the, the mostly because like for the, the Iowa State TCU one, it, it comes down to the motivation on, on the Iowa State side. Like Iowa State season is done. And this goes back to your, your first question kicking off this podcast. They, they were eliminated from bowl contention last week because they they coughed up this this what should have been a plum home spot against Texas Tech, and because of that now you're you're not going bowling. Does Iowa State now turn around? They they circle the wagons for for Campbell in in this last game because they can do when they're playing th their best ball. They can do a couple things that are going to frustrate uh, TCU. Sure. Yeah, I mean Iowa State they just want to turn every game into a rock fight and they want to make everything ugly, and and TCU. 
to be fair to them, they have shown that they can win games like that. We, we saw it with the Texas game, whatever. But those games tend to be a little bit closer, right? But, like, if if Iowa State just – because they're done with the, down, the ball, yeah. if they lay down, they're going to get absolutely smoked here. My, my system says there's four points of line value on TCU – obviously the market continues to try to fade TCU and it, it, it is not, I, I suppose <laughs> last week they, they, they did uh, technically that Baylor did cover, but like spread, yeah. Yeah, t- TCU won again. Um, but that one, because of that stuff, I, I just, I, I couldn't play that one. And then the um, LSU Texas A&M one, uh, my line was basically right on where the Vegas line was. And I, I, I would have leaned, like I, I would have been more confident in a lean uh, towards LSU. For, like, listen, I'm not, I have not been betting Texas A&M. I will not bet Texas A&M. So this one, it would be LSU or nothing. But um, Jimbo Fisher for now a couple of weeks has been banging this drum about how Devin Autrain is going to return by the end of the year. I don't know why Devin Autrain would want to come out and why play would this. He? Yeah, yeah in, in what is a meaningless game. And Devin Autrain, who's like, he's he's absolutely an NFL prospect. He's going to play in the NFL for a long time. But he's only like an 185 pounds or whatever. Why would you put yourself up for the beating uh, yeah. like in, in, in this lame duck season, whatever, um, without Devin Autrain, that offense is a travesty. Like they, I mean, the, the quarterback plays a travesty. They don't have any talent at running back. Anaya Smith, the, the one receiver they had, he was out for the season a long time ago. They just don't, they, they literally can't do anything. So I, I don't know if Autrain is going to play on, uh, I'm getting confused on which games are, are on Friday and Saturday, but this weekend, um, if, if Autrain plays, at least A&M will have a guy that they can just funnel all the usage to. But again, you wonder on Autrain's side, why, why would you want to do that? So that that's the reason why I stayed away from that one. Yeah, I uh, completely understand that. Both those games are on Saturday, by the way. Okay. Um, but then we have, you know, the biggest game of the year, number two versus number three, the game, uh, one of the best rivalries in sports, Ohio State, Michigan. And in this game, the line is Ohio State by seven and a half. The total is 56. It's in the horseshoe. Uh, what do we think of, of this game here, Thor? Do we think that Ohio State covers? Do we think Michigan takes another one like they did last year? Uh, this game has been unbelievably close for a while now. So can you even have a good read on it? Heading into last weekend, I was all over Michigan and I was all prepared to come on this show and, and bang the table and the Wolverines are going to win this out. Right. And they're going to upset Ohio state. The Blake Corum thing, it complicates it so much. Um, they looked so different without him. Yeah. They just did. It, yeah. You know? I mean, so much of the offense runs through them, right? Like, and, and you take him out and it just starts to change the entire equation, especially, and I, this has not been discussed much this week. I think it needs to be discussed a lot more. The the backup Don or the RB two, I, I suppose, because he plays a lot. Donovan Edwards did not play against Illinois, so like, and, and Jim Harbaugh is not telling us the status on any of them. Every time they, they barely meet, escaped that game, too. I mean, it took uh, you know two touchdowns late for Illinois, but that game was closer than it should have been. Yeah, well, sure. I, I think there was overlook on both these teams because Ohio State they were playing patty cake with Maryland for a while. Like, yeah, I, both these teams they, they just want to get these teams want to fight each other. Right. Like they want to get on the, they want to get this thing going and and they just had to sort of get through, through last week. But like the the quorum thing, if, if quorum doesn't go and Edwards can't come back now, now Michigan's got a real problem because they, they don't they're I mean, they're passing game. They can do the paint by numbers stuff. Fine. You know, and, and McCarthy can do a couple other things, but they don't do the downfield throwing. They don't get explosive passing plays. It's just not an element of their offense and it won't be on Saturday categorically. 
So if you what they're what they're awesome at, it's efficiency. Their their offense is an efficiency machine when you have quorum, when you have Edwards. Um, but but especially you need quorum for, for for the whole thing. Now is quorum going to play? Earlier this week, uh, Michigan was expressing optimism, and then you saw quorum in the videos. He was in uh, Ypsilanti, uh, his hometown. He was giving out turkeys, you know that whole thing. And you saw him walking around, and then he told one of the reporters, "Like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm fine. I'm gonna be back." And like my first question was, "Are you talking about this weekend? Or are you talking about like, ever? <laughs> or like we, 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 we just didn't know?" But you know, some people were like, "Oh, that means he's coming back, yada yada." But then there was a, a Michigan offensive lineman this week that uh, uh, put his foot in his mouth a little bit with the media, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, with 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 Blake being down, you know, obviously it's it, you know we we were prepared for this moment, and now it's you know it's just sort of next man up and." I, like I, I was gonna say, he strongly insinuated the quorum was out, but I mean, he almost just outright that, said that, that's saying out. he's out. Yeah. yeah, and so like, like it's, it's tough. Like the week before, th- there was Oregon quotes that were sort of similar, although th- the Michigan kid he went further with it. But like, th- there was the quotes where the Oregon guys were talking about Bo Nix that were sort of similar, where they were insinuating that he was out, and then Bo Nix ended up playing. So yeah, I don't want. I don't so want to. Maybe put, there's some gamesmanship afoot here. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe it just seems like right. Like maybe that day, Corm was like, "Oh man, I'm just not feeling well. I, I'm not sure." And then maybe that kid right after that talks to a report. Like these are literally kids. Yeah. So, so sure, like we, we sure. just don't know like what's going on with that. Um, but like I can't put all my eggs in in either of the baskets. But what you can say for sure is, if Corm plays, he ain't going to be a hundred percent. I think that's pretty fair to say at this point. And I think it's also fair to say that there's a, a solid shot that he might not play. Um, and then you don't know what Edwards' status is because they're they're a lockbox over there. They're not letting yeah. any information out, out whatsoever. If both those guys are out, then it's down to the the Stokes kid. And I'm not, I think it's CJ, but I in my head it, it's I always say JJ, and so I, I don't even say his his first name anymore. <laughs> JJ Stokes. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's half of our showing your age, right? Yes, showing yes, your I age. <laughs> Half the listeners will appreciate that, and half of them will be like, "Who, who the hell is JJ?" Stokes? <laughs> I thought you were talking about. I thought you were going to say Eric Stokes. So yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, 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 who's on first? Um, right. But, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, if, if 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 that's the case, Michigan's offense is uh, like that's that almost yeah. becomes invalidating of it. But you know, on on the other side, Ohio State they got all their injury concerns of their own, and specifically, I mean, they have more of them in other positions than Michigan does. Ohio State also has a rash of them at running back. Uh, Travion Henderson was the one of the three injured guys that ended up playing against Maryland, and he absolutely 1,000% should not have. I think he had 11 carries for yeah. 18 yards, and then he, he was an, look right a walking boot immediately after the game. Ryan Day clearly rushed him back. Now, uh, apparently, I heard, mine Williams has not been in a walking boot this week, but again, it's like you have to read through all this stuff. So it's like, oh, Travion's in the for walking them, boot. Mine for Williams them, though, like not. Hayden looked great. So, like, it feels like they're they're less dependent on the back than Michigan. I feel like for so, sure. Well, cause they uh, yeah. go to the pass game, right? Like right, they, they right. at least can go to the other hand Hayden. Um, he can't in what you don't want is it, like, if, if he is the lead, let's say that he has to function as the lead back and the depth behind him is, is shot because let's say it's a nightmare scenario and both Henderson and, and Williams are out Hayden. The one thing you're concerned about, it's his size and the beating he's going to take against the Michigan front. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, like if you can limit the the touches and by, by doing more of the passing, of course, Ohio state, they're perfectly comfortable doing that. Um, that's more viable than Michigan 
trying to because Michigan just that's not the way they play football. They can't do that. Right. So Michigan has to continue to play the way the Michigan plays, whereas Ohio State can 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 toggle the percentages, uh, you know, a, a, a bit more. But I, I thought I, I would bring that up anyway. I, I don't trust this Ohio State team. I've been waiting for them to get upset. Um, I was on Maryland last week getting the ridiculous amount of points that we were getting on on that inflated spread. And again, I was ready to take Michigan here. But with with those running back injuries to the top two guys, I, I just can't do it. This is a pass for me. All right. Uh, last up here, Thor, uh, we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, any game that, that you have just a strong lean towards and you want to let us know, we should probably be uh, at least looking at it. What do you got for this week? Um, uh, let's go. Let's go one on Friday and one on Saturday. Um, and let's go the, the, the biggest G5 one on, of, of the weekend. Um, uh, I, I like Tulane uh, traveling to Cincinnati. Ah, uh, Tulane okay. is they're They're either catching a point and a half, two points, one point. Uh, it's, it, it, it was a two. It, it's come down a little bit. But wherever that is live in the market right now, it's going to be right around pick them, wherever it is. I don't need the points. I, I took the money line. I I, I don't need them. Nice. I, I think th- there's a couple things here where um, for, for Cincinnati – you have Ben Bryant, their, their starting quarterback. He suffers the foot injury in the last game. They're not talking about his status either, so we don't know if he's going to play or not. But uh, it seems like there's a decent shot that we see Prater, the backup. But if, if we get Bryant, he th- the mobility is going to be uh, severely compromised there. That's going to hurt that, that offense. And Cincinnati's offense has been one of the worst in the nation at rushing success rate. This year, the, the running game is it's just not good. They have to rely on the pass. And so if their starting quarterback is out, that's a big, big problem, especially when you're, you're facing a top 40 SP plus defense like Tulane is. Um, so I, I I think either way it goes, Tulane's defense is going to have a lot of success shutting down whatever Cincinnati is trying to do here. On the other side, Cincinnati's defense is even better than uh, Tulane's, but Tulane's offense is really good. Tulane's offense is multiple as well, where it, and also it's, it's both efficient and explosive, but they they have the really good running game uh, led by Tajay Spears, and then also the, the passing game with Pratt and, and, and that whole deal. So I, I trust Tulane's offense to move the ball against Cincinnati's defense way more than I do the depleted Cincinnati offense, which I didn't like anyway, trying to move it against Tulane. And Cincinnati has, they've been one of the worst teams in the entire nation against the spread this year, whereas Tulane has been one of the best. And I, I just think that continues uh, this week. And I, I think Tulane's going to win that game. And then as far as uh, a Saturday game, one of them I like is um, I, I, I backed Vandy last week, you know, to, uh, against uh, Florida, getting the 14 half points and, and Vandy rose up and, and got us the outright upset. I'm back in Vandy again. Oh, um, yeah. Hooker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. Um, I, we're, we're gonna if, not step onto the train tracks because, because obviously Tennessee is not nearly <laughs> as scary as, as they yeah. were one, one week ago, but uh, man, how the, how the tides have turned or how the turntables have turned or however Michael <laughs> Scott said oh, that, or how whatever. the turntables, right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, you talk about a motivation discrepancy game. Vanderbilt is five and six, which they got to by upsetting uh, Florida. And they won the game before that too. So they, they have rallied into this position where if they pull off one more stunner, Vanderbilt becomes one of the more improbable bull teams. It, they're in the same boat as, as Kansas, except so, so, sort of doing it on the back end as, you know, as opposed to the front. Um, and then, you know, with, with Tennessee, of course, you lose Hooker for the season. So now you got to go to Milton. 
what what a downgrade. Um, I, I I was looking into their their career numbers this year. Joe Milton over 247 career passes, 57.1% completions, 13 mm-hmm. to 6 TDINT ratio. Hendon Hooker on his 944 passes, so way higher sample, 66.9% completions, 80 to 12 TDINT ratio. Yeah. Hendon Hooker finished with in college. My God. And, and nine and a half uh, yards per attempt. So an enormous, enormous downgrade. Joe Milton has tools. Um, I mean, they call him Bazooka Joe. He can throw the ball a billion miles. Uh, and he can also do backflips, and he's enormous and <laughs> everything like that. But, boy. That helps. Um, backflips help a lot, you know. <laughs> well, they, they look in the pregame when you're doing the pregame stretches. Do. But uh, <laughs> you, you could basically think of Joe Milton as Nuke Lelouch as a quarterback. Uh, he, does, <laughs> he does not know where that ball is going, and he generally doesn't know where the pass rush is either. Um it, he, just, he just does not have a knack for the, the quarterbacky things. Um, th- this is a guy who is probably going to transfer in, in the offseason. He is he is absolutely not a power five caliber quarterback. The, the referendum is long since in on that. The, so the Tennessee offense is, is is going to be way, way down. And and I do think the Vanderbilt will be able to, to do to do some things against the Tennessee defense that just they have one of the most shocking performances of the season last week when they just laid down for a South I mean, Carolina laid down that literally it's literally. I'm not using this word incorrectly. South Carolina literally had zero running backs on their roster. They were all injured. And so South Carolina had to use a tight end as their lead back with wide receivers, you know, coming in off the bench or or doing the wildcat stuff. And then they had Spencer Rattler, who you want to talk about having a fork in your back. That kid had had the world's biggest fork in his back coming into that game. He had an eight to nine TDI and T ratio coming into that game. And then he, he, he throws six touchdowns. I got questions about yeah. if that's going to put him back on the radar. Uh, and, and I was like, well, I mean, Spencer, he, he's got to come back for another year. Spencer, so. Spencer, look into the camera, go back to school. If you yeah. come out, you're not getting drafted. You have <laughs> no. to do it more next year. Do not, not come off, out. not off the back of one game. Uh, yeah. And, and Tennessee's got the terrible pass defense. Like literally everybody throws Spencer Rattler who wasn't thrown against anyone. He'd ripped him up. Um, Vanderbilt's passing offense has not been great this year, but again, everybody throws on Tennessee. Their secondary is awful. And Ray Davis is an NFL. Like we, we've talked about Ray Davis in the yeah. past Vanderbilt's running back. He will play in the NFL. So he he's going to get, uh, you know, his, his yards as well, especially when you consider that that last week with, without any running back, South Carolina ran for 153 yards uh, against his defense, Tennessee one week ago, uh, literally seven days ago, they, they thought that they were going to the college football playoff, or at least they had a fabulous shot of going to the college football playoff. All those dreams are gone. And now their leader and their Heisman contender, he's gone gone as well. Vandy needs to win this for a bowl game, right? They need to win it. Yes. It's winning. You're in for Vandy. It's the complete opposite motivation. You're getting 14 and a half points here, which to me seems way more than way more than fair when you're considering that it's, it's Joe Milton and and this team who, who does not want to play this game. And, and the team that you're betting on getting the 14 half points, they badly want this one. They're not they're not nearly as talented, but boy, do they want to win this game. And Vanderbilt yeah. will throw the kitchen sink in. There is no tomorrow for the Commodores, and we are backing them. All right. Look, I love it. I love it. I love a passionate ending here. That was great. Remember, you can follow Thor at ThorKU on the Twitter. Anything changing for you this week with uh, the holiday? Uh, no, no, just we're, we're gonna, we're gonna eat a lot and drink a lot tomorrow. And you guys will see me at, uh, at, at nine, uh, I guess 10 a.m., 9 a.m., uh, I'm so bad at the time zones, 9 a.m. Central and, uh, whatever time that would be Eastern, 10 a.m. Eastern, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, uh, my live show with Mike Farrell that that runs for an hour and a half on, on Saturday mornings. 
we're still on for that. So so come and check that out. You ask us questions and, and we'll answer whatever you got on Saturday morning on YouTube. And we're, we're getting a schedule together for a uh, bowl season. I'm not sure if we're going to stick to the weekly show. We're going to do a one-off bowl show. So uh, just pay attention at betting pros at Bogman sports at Thor KU. And we will let you guys know what is uh, coming up for bowl season. So uh, have a great week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving safe travels, everyone. And we will see you next time. Take it easy, everybody.